Hey, Alex here. Before we jump into today's recording, I wanted to remind you that all of the information in this recording is for informational and educational purposes only. The information shared should not be construed as investment or tax advice. Please consult a competent financial or tax professional to discuss your situation before using any of the strategies or topics that we discuss here. Thanks for listening. One other quick thing before we get started today. If you're thinking about starting a business or if you already have one, I wanted to tell you about the accounting software that we use for our clients, Zero. That's X-E-R-O, and you can find them at www.zero.com. I have used other accounting platforms in the past for clients, but Zero bar none is the best accounting platform out there. I have had clients come to me after bringing them to Zero. And they have told me that they felt empowered to use the platform after seeing their simple user interface. Zero's slogan is beautiful business, which represents Zero's thriving business technology platform and global community. Beautiful business highlights the power of Zero's powerful accounting platform and community supporting small businesses to help them work past the chaos, uncertainty, and stress to reclaim valuable time and thrive. Over the last five years, I have used Zero exclusively with our clients, and I have met some amazing people at that company. People are always friendly and are always ready to help when it's needed. Whether you're just getting started or are a thriving company, Zero has the tools you need to help keep your accounting records straight, reduce time each month associated with doing the backend bookkeeping, and helps you track KPIs with their powerful reporting tools. Check them out at Zero.com. That's X-E-R-O. We're, we're back in the back at it Monday, Monday afternoon, actually, and yeah. uh, ready to school everybody on more tax stuff. So <laughs> more. <laughs> um, well, hopefully we can liven it up. <laughs> yeah. People I'll do my best like, roll their eyes at Alex, like yeah. running his mouth. <laughs> so today we, 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 last week, we just talked about um, individual taxes, right? right. Um, everything that affects um, non-business related taxes. And today we're going to be covering uh, kind of a subset of that, which is if you are self-employed, how do your taxes change? Because obviously when you're self-employed, there's a lot more responsibility on you to make sure that uncle Sam is getting his, his due. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I guess we can maybe do a couple different variations. Maybe start with like the very simplest form of self-employment, which would be, let's just say, let's start off with um, uh, maybe someone does have a regular full-time job and, you know, they're, ta- you know, that takes care of taxes on that end, but maybe they have like a side gig on the weekends, uh, maybe a little business. I don't know. Well, let's just say they run, um, what do you, what do you want a food truck or something? I guess that, that takes a lot of work, but let's just say someone has the time and energy to run a food truck on the weekends. Um, and they are a very simple operation. They're just self-employed. Um, maybe it's just them. They don't have any employees or anything. How does being self-employed change your tax situation yeah so being self-employed in a 
it changes your tax situation in a couple different ways. The first primarily being is if you've ever received a W-2 or a pay stuff from somebody else from an employer, if you've ever been employed by another company before, you always have your federal and then state income tax. If you live in a state where there is state income tax, municipal tax, city tax, all those other kind of like government entity type taxes. Um, and then you have social security, Medicare tax taken out. Um, and then any other, you know, deductions or withholdings or anything special withholdings that you can request. We kind of talked about that a little bit on the last episode um, from your pay stub. Now, when when you're getting your paycheck, what a lot of people don't realize is if you look at the line items on your pay stub, uh, you'll see that there's withholding for Social Security and Medicare tax. And that actually represents only half of the full Social Security and Medicare tax portion. Because actually what happens mm-hmm. is, is your employer actually pays the other half on your behalf, right? Mm-hmm. So when you're an employee. So what you're seeing is actually only half because actually what you what if you're actually like the employer, what you would see is you would see, hey, Bob had $500 worth of social security medical withholding um, on his paycheck. But actually, we also have to expense on our side and also pay on his behalf $500 as well. So, you know, uh, a lot of people actually don't realize that they don't actually know that. And when you actually become self-employed, you don't have any federal or state or city municipal withholding. You don't have any social security, Medicare tax withholding, right? And usually when you're self-employed, what you do is you still file your 1040, your individual tax return, which is the form 1040, um, but you actually add something called uh, Schedule C. And Schedule C is for self-employed income. And it's usually for either single member LLCs or what we also call sole proprietorships or even um, you know, both of those single member LLCs and sole proprietorships um, are considered disregarded entities in the eyes of the IRS. And what does that mean? It means that for taxation purposes, you will flow all of your reporting through the personal um, individual tax return. You don't have to file a special business tax return. So when, when you are at the end of the year, what you do is, you know, like you're saying, like a food truck on the weekends, uh, you'll have overhead costs, like you'll have operating costs, like cost of gas, cost of light, um, cost of uh, you know, materials like food and vegetables and steak and protein and tortilla shells if you're selling tacos. Um, you know, and you have these direct costs. And then you have costs for maintenance and upkeep of the vehicle. You, you can flush all those things through there. If you're driving around town for the food truck for mileage, that's also deductible. And you, know, you can do all these things, but from a you know, strictly from a tax standpoint, before we really dive into the meat of the Schedule C, you know, when you when it comes time to filing taxes, you know, like I said a minute ago, when you get a W two or paycheck, uh, you know, when you're an employee, you see the half of the Social Security Medicare tax, and what ends up happening is is when you're self employed, you have to pay the whole portion, which represents fifteen point three percent. On uh, on your on your income up to roughly one hundred twenty eight thousand dollars of personal income, right? Of uh, personal self employment income, right? Because after one hundred twenty thousand dollars, that caps out on contributions to Social Security, Medicare tax for the year, and then mm-hmm. after that, you don't have to put in any more into the system unless you make you're a super high income earner where there's a surcharge from the Obamacare era, mm-hmm. um, which is like two point eight or three point eight percent. 
um, on top of income earned above uh, you know, $300,000, a very high income earner. Um, and that's where you had that kind of surcharge kicking back into your super high income earner. But let's just say that you, you're making profit of 50000 over the course of the year and you live off that money. Great. Well, Uncle Sam wants his cut or her cut. And, um, well, Aunt Sam, I guess you can't. Well, <laughs> in today's day and age, you never know. Uh, it could be Uncle Sam, it could be Aunt Sam. <laughs> Just call it the IRS. And uh, <laughs> it'd be, uh, you know, when you're when you're processing your tax return and you're doing it yourself, you have somebody do it for you. You have to pay the 15.3% on all, on your profit, right? So like, let's say you have revenue of $100,000 and you have, uh, you know, kitchen costs and you have vehicle costs and you have fuel costs and you have, you know, um, produce and vegetables and meat and tortillas and all these things. All these things are costs, right? And in this situation, we don't have any contractors, we don't have any employees working with us. And we just made $50,000 gross profit. We had $100,000 in sales, $50,000 in expenses, 50,000 in profit, right? 100,000 minus 50 equals 50. So in that situation, uh, you know, you're going to have to pay 15.3% on the full amount of the $50,000 in, in, on, on that profit, right? That's before you even start talking federal, before you start talking state, municipal, mm-hmm. city tax, any of that stuff. And you have to pay that. that that's actually a huge burden. You know, if you think about it, 50, you know, 15% of, you know, 50,000 is $7,500, right? It's, yeah, it's yeah. 15.3%, but, you know, there's a lot, there's a huge tax bill associated with that. And, uh, did I do the, Yeah, I did the math right. Yeah, I did it on my 15.3% of that would be 7,650. Right, right. So, which is a lot. It's it's a lot. This isn't even starting to consider federal, right? And mm-hmm. you have to, you know, kind of end state and all these kind of things because, like, just because you have, you know, $7,000 in taxes doesn't reduce, you don't reduce that full $7,000 tax bill. What is nice is that when you are self employed, you can take one half of your self-employment tax liability that you have to pay. So in this case, $7,500, we'll just do round math so everyone can kind of visualize what's going on. Um, You take one half of that and one half of 7,500 is Mm $3,750. So you actually get to deduct from federal uh, taxable income, $3,750 because the IRS kind of wants to give you a little bit of a break uh, you know, it, it's it's just a deduction on top of your fifty thousand dollars. So actually, now what ends up happening is you have fifty thousand of taxable income. Yep. Of that amount, you have to pay the full amount of self-employment tax, seven thousand five hundred dollars of fifty thousand, right? And then you get to, but you get, but on the federal taxation side of things, you get to deduct half of that amount, which would then put you at forty six thousand two fifty. So fifty thousand minus three thousand seven hundred fifty gets you forty six thousand two fifty, right? Yep. So now, from the federal standpoint, that is your basis. Assuming you're living in the vacuum, like I always say, assuming yep. you're living in the vacuum, nothing changes. You don't have any dependency. This is super very straightforward example. Um, you now had to pay federal income tax on that forty six thousand two fifty, not the full fifty, which is kind of nice, right? But you're paying an arm and a leg on that self-employment tax and it's really screwing you over more or less, right? Because you're paying a premium on the tax that you're, that you're paying. Now 
a lot of accountants like uh, you know every accountant has a different opinion on when you should keep things the same or when you should start to change things right Mm -hmm. because sometimes people say oh well it's not worth it to do x y or z because you're going to pay this much more but you're going to save this much right and you're going to have you know everyone has their own opinion and that's like one of the beautiful beautiful things and also one of the most frustrating things in tax law and tax interpretation or any law interpretation which is why we have attorneys and tax professionals <laughs> to do this for us is to argue over who's right and who's wrong. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've kind of come to, I've kind of come to the consensus where as long as we're within the confines of the law, the definition of law it's legal. Right. Yeah. And I've gone back and forth to other clients, CPAs and other accountants in the past where it's like, Hey, like, why are we doing it this way when we could do it this way? Right. And it's like, Oh, well, it's maybe slightly higher risky to do this thing one way or the other. So, you know, we kind of go back and forth on that, but you know, I, I've, I've heard, you know, when clients come and talk to me about they're in the situation, they're paying $7,500 on $50,000 in profit. They're like, Alex, like WTH, like, mm-hmm. what, 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 like, like, I, I don't have money for that. I don't have money to pay $7,600 or $7,500 in tax before I even touch my federal, like my federal, like my total tax was going to be $9,000. Yeah. $9,500. That's assuming you don't, you don't have state. That's assuming federal and, and self-employment. And it, it's, it's a huge burden. So, you know, one of the things that like that accountants try to introduce at least at the bare minimum is the idea of assuming you're in the situation, you're not changing anything that this whole scenario that we just discussed is remaining the same is you pay something called quarterly estimated payments. Mm-hmm. Right. That was my next question. It was, was about these <laughs> quarterly payments. Yes. Why don't you explain so, that? Yeah. So quarterly estimated payments are this thing where every three months you pay an estimate of what your income is going to be for the year in the quarter that you earned, like year to date for the quarter that you earned the income. Right. So let's say more or less like you try to come to some sort of like calculation and kind of like the way to help visualize this is, and this isn't exactly the exact route to take, but it's a way to visualize it is let's say it's a brand new year, January 1st, and we're on track to do our 50,000 for the year. We know we're going to make the Mm 50,000, but let's say the first quarter of the, of the new year, you only made $10,000 in profit. Mm -hmm. In that situation, what you would do is you say, okay, well, assuming that I just made $10,000 in the first quarter, I'm on track to make 40,000 for the whole year, mm-hmm. right? Because yeah. I, I have to I have to forecast out my my income for the rest of the year to pay up what I think I need to pay right now. And it's a pain okay. over here. It's a huge pain yeah. over here. And, it, it, and it's not that you, and you're never going to arrive at the correct number, even if you do this throughout the course of the year, because your numbers are going to change. Things are going to change throughout the year. Tax yeah. law changes throughout the year, right? And a business can be seasonal too, like, like a food truck, exactly. probably busier in the summer than, than exactly. in January. <laughs> right. So like, exactly. So like, let's say, for example, you do the 10,000, you're forecasting 40,000. Great. Okay. Well, you know, now you pay up the, what you think is going to be quarterly estimated for a annualized projection of $40,000 in profit, because- 10,000 in the first quarter, you have four quarters in the year. Now you say, okay, well, I think I'm going to probably make, you know, 40,000 annually, you know, forecasting for the year. Great. And then you pay that amount and you make that payment every three months. And those schedules are, are issued um, online and you can pay those up over the course of the year. And, you know, and I'll, I'll come back to another point I was going to make here in a minute, but, you know, let, let's say in the second quarter, uh, you make $20,000 profit. 
right? Mm-hmm. We're still on track for that 50,000 because now we're going to say, okay, we're going to have to do only 20,000 in the back half of the year. But we don't know that per se, but in the situation we're using, income's going to be, you know, uh, 50,000 for the year. But let's say now we just finished June and now we have $30,000 of profit after the first six months. Great. That's now we need to annualize that and the annualization of that times two because there's two halves of the year. Mm-hmm. Now we're going to say, okay, now I think, I think I'm going to make 60,000. So I need to pay more for that quarter on the, on the quarterly estimate yeah. because there's quarterly estimated payments, right? Yeah. Um, you're estimating, you're guesstimating, but you know, now you're made 20,000. Now you're analyzed annualized forecast for the rest of the year is 60,000, not 40,000. And great. So now you pay more in, in income right now. Like you go to the end of September and you move into October, which is kind of where we are right now. And now you need to make quarter, quarter three estimated payments, but let's say mm-hmm. you only did uh, 5,000, right? Now you're at 45,000. They have to annualize that, right? But now because you're annualizing with so much more data with the year and now you have to kind of figure out, okay, well, like, where am I going to end up, right? Now in Q3, your payments can be much less than it was in Q2, right? The mm-hmm. Q2 payment, right? So you're moving throughout the year trying to make those numbers and trying to figure out what that is. And that really helps you out uh, in a lot of ways because, and this is the point I was going to make here a minute ago, was first of all, it helps with the cash flow. Right. That's really mm-hmm. that's really important because if you're if you're just you know staring at the ceiling and like looking at the you know bright blue sky every day and like thinking nothing's bad's gonna happen, you're not gonna have a tax bill at the end of the year. I'm sorry to tell you, you're going to and you're gonna be a bleep creek without a paddle. <laughs> right. And you're you're gonna be in a very cash stricken situation. You're gonna have to go take out a loan, you're gonna have to make a payment plan with the IRS, you're gonna have to do all these things. You're putting on debt to fix the problem that you should have been taking care of over the course mm-hmm. of the year. So the responsible thing is, if you're in this situation, pay quarterly estimated payments. The other thing, too, is if you don't make quarterly estimated payments, you can face interest and penalties when you file your annualized tax return for underpayment yes, of your taxes. That was, that was my other question was, are these quarterly payments, are they required or are they voluntary could you for example let's say you you're more responsible than just staring at the ceiling and thinking nothing's (laughs) going to happen let's say at the end of every month or whatever every quarter you then maybe have two business bank accounts you have one for all your profit and then you have one that you start putting away let's maybe you put away 20 or 25 percent of your profit Mm -hmm. into a separate bank account that you do not touch and that at the end of the year, when it's time for taxes, you can take out of that b- account. Um, but right. are you faced with a penalty for not for not doing these quarterly payments? You are, and I mean, I'm I'm not going to say which way to lean either either way. But the right way to do it is mm-hmm. to um, pay it over the course of the year. Okay. Assuming what, what is the penalty? Is it a is it a well, percent penalty, dollar it, amount? It, it's fairly it's fairly minimal. It's a percentage. It's a percentage of of the of okay. you know, of what you earned over the course of year. And then the IRS tries to use some algorithm to backdate what it should have been at the time. And then they try to figure it all out, the software and everything, when you're filing your tax return. And then they come up with a number. If you're in this situation where you're probably making fifty thousand dollars, you're going to have a hundred to two hundred dollar penalty. Okay. With 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 like with interest and fees and penalties and these types of things, right? 
Um, the thing that you really don't want to do is file late because like the filing mm-hmm. of the actual filing of the return is, is penalized more than actually paying up the taxes, mm-hmm. which is kind of funny because yeah. you would think that the IRS wants their money versus you reporting what you made, but you can see kind of both ways of how that works um, on, on how they, on how they think about that. But, you know, it's, you're not going to go to jail if you yeah. didn't, report quarterly estimate payments. I don't think I've mm-hmm. ever seen a situation where that's ever happened. I've never even heard of it. But are you going to be on bad terms or not on the best of terms with the IRS? Sure. Because mm-hmm. like you're not being responsible taxpayer and you're not paying up these things. Now like okay, let's say somebody's listening to this. It's the end of September. It's the 1st of October and they're like they're loading their shorts right now. They're like, "Oh crap. Mm-hmm. I haven't paid all year." You know, asking for forgiveness is better than for asking for permission, (laughs) (laughs) right? And you've been asking for permission all year long in your little venture with the food truck, okay? Mm -hmm. It's better to pay up now and try to Mm -hmm. right the wrong. And also, it's better to right the wrong now before you file because you're going to help yourself out, not only from a a penalty standpoint, but also from a cash flow standpoint, right? Because Mm -hmm. actually, you know, what what you see is the, you know, it's just so many people just go about their whole year and they're just focused on making money, making money, making money. And I know so many people are good at making money, but they're like, wait, what are you talking about, Alex? I need to pay taxes on this stuff. Yeah. But there's a responsibility. Like, uh, I, yeah. I, 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 like, they're like, I like, that's, that's my student loan balance. Alex, like, what, what the hell do you mean? I owe $9,000. Mm-hmm. And you know, like that's kind of where accountants can come in and proactive accountants can come in, like, like what we do and try to be proactive with, the client be proactive with the individual over the course of the year we can start implementing strategy we can start talking about things where we can maybe help them out um you know, i kind of briefly mentioned llc versus sole prop you know i don't think we've actually kind of really gone into detail on this podcast and the different types of business structures but that's something we, we are first our first episode was okay. the case well, for s corp election do you remember yeah. that's what yeah, we talked about why yeah s corp election was uh could help with the tax burden, but yeah. I wanted to frame this as a just self-employed, you know, like LLC or sole proprietor. Yeah. But um, I mean, like even talking about like, you know, partnerships and like, you mm-hmm. know, C-corps and all these things, because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm working with clients right now where like they are an S-corp, right? Mm-hmm. And they're off, they're doing so good this year. They're having such a great time. I've been kicking and screaming at them for three months now to get moving on these ideas I've been giving them and they're just now kind of starting to take action on it. <laughs> and I'm like, guys, if you don't do X, Y, or Z by December 31st, you're SOL. Like you're, mm-hmm. you're, you can't uh, like, I, I I've told you for three months and you don't get it done by December 31st. Then that's, that's not on me. That's on you. Right. And that's like, that's a really frustrating thing with accountants is like as, as people that are tax preparers, tax professionals that want to help people is, you know, if you are working with an accountant, and they're telling you something. They're in their, they're they're in your ear, whispering things to you. Say, hey, psh, 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 do this. Don't do this. Do this. <laughs> don't 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 do that. Listen to them because like they're they're yeah. looking out for you, right? And that's kind of rare from what I've kind of actually found is because actually a lot of accountants aren't proactive, like mm-hmm. whispering in the clients' ear, say, hey, psh, 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 do this. A lot of people, a lot of a lot of accountants don't do that because what a lot of accountants do is they try to chase larger clients where they try to like, you know, sign on these massive agreements and, and they kind of like leave the smaller guy or girl out mm-hmm. the street and you know, they don't try to be proactive with them. 
you know, like that's kind of like what I what I always try to do is like I, I come to you, Declan. Like you and I work together. Um, I can attest to this. Yeah, perspective. Uh, you know, in a relationship for like the last five six years, and it's like okay, as soon as we can get here, we can go do this. As soon as mm-hmm. we get, we if we don't do this, then we can we can't do that. So it's kind of like you know we we go back and forth all the time, and that's I, I honestly I think it's 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 the ethical responsibility of the account if you're working in the space of any account sourcing this that they should be doing the same thing for their clients because mm-hmm. it's so frustrating and it's so heartbreaking for me to find a client or start working with somebody new. And they're like, Alex, my account never told me about this. Mm-hmm. And they've been overpaying in taxes by $10,000, $20,000 a year. Is You can see how quickly, how, how, how easy it is to hit $10,000 in, in tax. Because in this situation we've been talking about, it's just that's seven thousand five hundred dollars, and you're going to pay fifteen hundred to two thousand dollars in federal tax, assuming you have no state income mm-hmm. tax. That's nine thousand five hundred dollars you're going to pay, yeah. right there. And it's it's very easy to you know do those things, but I just don't understand why some people are are not proactive um, with with their clients, and it's frustrating. So that's you know kind of why why we're here while we're talking about all these things. Yeah, but, I was going to say this is why we're here, and and that's what I I want. Uh, kind of my next question which is a two part. Um, question uh one let's say let's go back to this um food truck idea maybe someone start up a food truck maybe they don't have an accountant um a is there like a portal or something or like that the irs has do they have something where you go to to sign up and then be able to um submit these payments or or be reminded to submit these payments and b as a responsible small business business owner um what should they be tracking what should they be keeping in terms of receipts or costs or like how do they track their income i think i don't want to get too much because i know this is an accounting thing but like let's say they get a contract to to serve um uh, uh let's say a fair all summer long they they get the deal done in June, but they're not really paid out until like, you know, maybe they're paid out in installments. And so I know that can be, I know that's an accounting thing, but what should, <laughs> um, yeah, what should a responsible business owner be uh, keeping track of? Yeah. Uh, so that way, if, if for whatever reason they do all this on their own, or they need to hand stuff over to an accountant to, to, to help them out. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, kind of like the second part of your question is way easier to answer. It's everything, you know, it's uh, <laughs> track everything, track it's, yeah, it's so important to track everything for a multitude of reasons. Do you have a tool but, to, to recommend how to track everything? Yeah, no, I mean you, any you know any county software. You know, we use Zero X E R O dot com. You know, we talk about them in the uh, in the podcast and in the opening yep. credits of the podcast. Um, yeah, they're they're a great platform, and it plugs in. It's all online. You can download the app on your phone. You can work off your computer or anything, and there, it's very easy to use from a user interface standpoint. What I mean by that is, you know, with other competitors to zero, I've heard from clients that have come to us and they've said, Alex, I feel like I can do this on my own almost, <laughs> you know, because it's so easy to use. And they're like, oh, yeah. but, but, uh, but I'd rather that you do it because I know what you're doing. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but they feel like that they almost have the empowerment to do it, you know, mm-hmm. and Sometimes even, you know, clients already have zero set up and they just need me to jump in every time from time to time or other, you know, other software platforms um, that they use to, you know, um, you know, to, to get their accounting records done. But it's so mm-hmm. important to do that 
primarily in, in, for the reason of keeping your accounting records straight. Um, but also to, if you ever have to face an audit mm-hmm. and you have bank records and you have accounting records and you have those two things and you have contracts, you have documents, you have pieces of paper floating around or you have emails or like all this stuff to keep you organized, you're going to come out so much better in that situation if, if you are organized versus mm-hmm. if you weren't. And you know, I, I know people hate the word audit, but they think mm-hmm. it's the scary thing. And it's really not. It's an audit find is the thing that you don't want to happen. An audit find is where they find something of material basis, is kind of like the technical term, which would significantly, significantly, sorry, trying to get my English out, significantly <laughs> change your tax either from an income base, like, like you, you didn't, you were hiding a lot of income for some reason. Mm-hmm or you took too many deductions or you didn't qualify for a deduction or a credit or something and you took it anyways, that's the thing that you don't want mm-hmm. uh, because that, that changes like materially your tax return. It changes materially how much you were supposed to pay all these things. Uh, but an audit is like, it's just like somebody like looking around your backside and that you, mm-hmm. it's kind of annoying. Right. Yeah. But you just got to deal with it. And, but you're going to have, it's so much better to be organized than, I, I, I try to say like it's better to be you know caught not not caught with your pants down around your ankles. <laughs> yeah, again, proactive. You keep, yeah, yeah. I I want to use the term proactive <laughs> and responsible. <laughs> it's like I'm sorry, guys. I'm from the south. You know, like I, I I've heard. I'm, I'm trying to I'm trying to keep it PG as much as I can. But he is from Florida. <laughs> well, actually, I grew up in North Carolina. So oh, that's right. You know, yeah, like I you know it's uh you know from like once you get down to Orlando like. It's kind of not really like like southern U.S. Mm-hmm. anymore. It's a little bit more civilized. Um, not hating on northern Florida, but I'm uh, from the north. I'm a, I'm a, I'm yeah. a Yankee. <laughs> I was Yankee but anyway, born the, the, southern raised, but anyways. The, the first um, part of the question was the uh, the portal or something. Is there, is yeah. there something that the IRS has that you can yeah, sign you, up for? Is this or or is this something that is already set up when you file for an LLC or or how does this work? So with um, the quarterly estimated payments, you can just go to irs.gov mm-hmm. and just make make those. Uh, you know, you don't even really need to fill out a fill out a, a create an account per se. It's it's fairly straightforward. They have multiple ways that you can pay. Um, mm-hmm. You know, through ACH credit card, debit card, all those things. Um, or if you still are mailing in checks, I think there's still a way to do that. I mean, the you know the federal government's very archaic in a lot of ways in technology. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, like we still have to fax things in, you know, for requesting like S Corp elections and stuff like that. You can't mm-hmm. mail it in. You have to fax it in. It's like, uh, I'm, I'm on right now. I'm seeing if I can figure this out on my own. So I'm on irs.gov. Um, do I need to look for self employment or is I see something that says make a payment? Yeah. So I'm you sure can go, Google you it. go there and make a payment, click make a payment. And then okay. uh, from there, like you're going to, there's a drop down. I believe from there that says you're making either estimated payments or you're making a payment for either like a return on notice or like a prepayment or something like that, um, that you're going to make those payments in advance. And there are, there is a worksheet. Uh, there it is. You, I found it. You're right. Yeah. That was pretty easy. <laughs> <laughs> there, there is a worksheet that exists. Um, I'm trying to find it here really fast. Yeah. I forget the form number. Um, uh, it's the 
the 1040 dash ES. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, is the form you, the worksheet that you use and the form that you use yep. to calculate that. And then, and then it lets you print out a whole voucher. Like you can, you know, mail that in, uh, it looks like, or uh, you kind of just go from there, but you can manually do that. Or if you want your friendly neighborhood accountant help you with that, you can do that as well. Yeah, that um, was, that's pretty easy. Just follow the buttons. It's just yeah. pay, pay tax and then there's a drop down. Um, <laughs> so, pretty straightforward. I guess final the, the final question, which I think should be self-explanatory, but let's say you're making your estimated payments um, all year. Maybe your actual tax burden comes out to be a little bit less. I'm assuming when you file your taxes, you're getting mm-hmm. a refund that can go straight back to the business. Yeah. To uh, well, yeah, to yourself. So it's really important to keep in the back of your mind when you're self-employed and you're using the 1040 individual tax return form for filing your taxes, you and the business are, are one. Yes. One, that's right. yeah. one thing from a tax, from a taxable mm-hmm. entity, you are one thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even if you're a single member LLC, you know, like uh, just a quick little recap, you know, like from, from the first episode, because I don't remember how far in detail we went on the different types of entities, these things, but like just for purposes of the LLC, you know, you either can just like start running a business right now without doing anything. Mm-hmm. You don't need to per se do anything unless you need to file for sales tax certificates and those things. If you're selling something that requires that you have sales tax. Um, just go to your state's department of website, the department of revenue website in whatever state that you live, and you can go find uh, the forms for those there. Um, the and those require filing requirements as well, and, and those mm, those, those, those have their own schedules. Yeah, um, check your state's uh, requirements. States, states department of revenue website. Yeah, and some some states are more cumbersome than others, but you know it's just doing that on your own. It's, it's a pain, but if you have somebody else to do it, you can always uh, reach out and I'll be happy to help. Um, but with either like not filing anything with your state, de- state department of um, division of corporations, second, uh, the secretary of secretary of state division of corporations um, for your state, you can either file an LLC through what's called a process of um, articles of organization. Mm-hmm. Uh, the real benefit there is more of a legal thing, not tax mm-hmm. thing. If you're, if it's just you running the company, the LLC is nice to have because if you're if you if your business ever gets into a lawsuit, you have a legal separation of assets, right? And that's what's mm-hmm. really important. There's absolutely no change in the federal tax government eyes if you had the LLC or not. So it doesn't make any difference. You're still yeah. filing that through your 1040. Um, so in that situation, you you the individual from a tax standpoint are one of the same. If you had the LLC, there's a separation of assets, so the separation of liability, which is nice to have. Yeah. Um, if you want more information, talk to your talk to your lawyer or attorney. Um, the on what's best for you. Um, but when you're, you know, effectively to answer to answer your question, it's it's kind of like when you have your paycheck coming for every year and you get that refund, you're getting back money that you've already put in. Yeah. And, you know, kind of like the way I work and the way I work with my clients, I try to get them as close to zero as I can through yeah. whatever means that I have in terms of getting money back versus owing money. Um, but when you get that money back, you there's a part on either, either the tax software or on the tax forms that will ask you if you have paid up taxes throughout the year. Mm-hmm. And you need to have those receipts with you to you know, enter that information in for the quarterly estimated payments. 
and then you can go about your merry way. So as soon mm -hmm. as you put that information in there, like let's say your total tax bill for the whole year is at $9,500 and you've paid up 7,000, well, let's just $8,000, right? You paid yeah. up $8,000 of course here. Then effectively, assuming you live in a vacuum again, 9,500 minus 8,500 would be your balance due. Mm -hmm. And you have to pay that either at the time of filing or start paying interest on it or go through a payment plan with the IRS or those types of things. Mm -hmm. Good. I think we covered uh, mostly all of it. So I, I would say to kind of summarize, um, especially if you're looking to be a responsible business owner, track everything, everything that's going in and out of your business. Uh, preferably, I, th I know we mentioned this in a separate bank account. So that way you're not mixing personal and business. Even if you are just an, L an LLC, have a separate bank account to kind of track all this. Um, keeping your businesses personal separate is so important. Big, yeah. Well. It makes yeah. your life easier and your accountant's life easier. And, <laughs> Everyone absolutely. will be happy. And and one 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 kind of like little asterisk in, in, in all of this is even when you're self-employed and you're either you either have the LLC, and we're not talking about S corps or anything in this for this kind of scope with this concept, right? Um, you know, you cannot as the owner, give yourself a salary per se. Like mm -hmm. it's because effectively the whole $50,000 is your salary. Yeah. Right. So you can't go like, go ahead and like turn on a payroll software like Gusto or ADP mm -hmm. or something like that and start paying yourself and have the withholding over the course of the year because that invalidates a whole bunch of tax issues. It's a mess. So you don't want to be doing that, even though you think you might be doing a good thing where you're having withholding and you're having money taken mm -hmm. out and being deposited with the IRS every, like every month, every quarter, whatever. It That doesn't work that way because you would need to be either a C-Corp or an S-Corp to give yourself a salary because that's mm -hmm. a different classification. It's a different type of tax structure business for the business entity itself, which we can go into more detail yeah. on another conversation. Um, but for anybody that's wanting to do the responsible thing is using the form 1040 ES, uh, E as an echo, S as in Sierra, and using that form to forecast what their payment should be over the course of year using the quarterly estimated payment vouchers and calculations and all those things that are on that form. And then going to the irs.gov website, Declan was able to do it right here live on the, on the mm -hmm. recording, took him 30 seconds tops and just he can go ahead and make payments. And again, it's really important to do this over the course of the year because you avoid penalties and interest. And then you also avoid having a huge cash burden uh, to yourself at, at tax filing time. Yeah, that's it. All right. Well, my, my goal for this episode was to make all this sound less scary. Cause I know some people um, might be on the, uh, on the edge of wanting to start a business, but then maybe are a little hesitant because they're nervous about, you know, I, I don't know how to figure out tax stuff and blah, blah, blah. My goal was to make this as simple as possible and give people the confidence to be like, no, this is not, it, it's not that scary. It's not that hard. It takes a little bit of work and effort, but if you're responsible enough, which hopefully you are to, to run a business, you will be fine. Yeah, <laughs> and no, absolutely. if you need help, I happen to know an accountant. <laughs> who, I love those little plug you put in there. Like you on yeah. the block was like, hey, I actually know a guy. Here's his I link. know a guy. His name's <laughs> Alex, and you can find him online. Alex, uh, yeah. He only Alex. lives online. He only yes. exists online. He's not a physical being, guys. He's only online. <laughs> yeah. You can reach out to him, and he's uh, he can help answer some questions. So, yeah. Um, it, it, yeah. It's, not, it's really not a scary thing. It's just like, 
you know, it's kind of like really just drilling in what you said. It's being responsible. It's understanding, you know, what you're getting yourself into and just knowing that like, you know, even if, even if you don't have, you don't keep records, which God forbid, I hope you do, but it's, you know, the tax software, even if you don't hire an account, even if you don't work with an account, the tax software will actually help you figure a lot of it out. And mm-hmm. that's, that's, that's really important. Yeah. Um, but not having your records, not making quarterly payments and these, all these types of things makes things more difficult. So yeah. it's, you know, you, you'll be fine, but you're going to have a little bit more harder of a time dealing with all of it. And I'm here to try to help you make your life as easy as possible. Now, before signing out, I just realized, do we have an email address for Simple Fiscal? Did we set that up? We do. Yeah, we do. Because uh, <laughs> I feel like if people have questions, we need to be able, they need to be able to reach out. I think it's... Um, it's info at simplefiscal.com. Info at simplefiscal.com. That's right. Info but, at simplefiscal.com. Yep. That's right. And uh, we can probably set like a little contact us form or something like that on the website. Or even, yeah, go on simplefiscal.com. Um, I know we have uh, blog posts there. Um, we do have some goodies if you want to drop your email address in there and subscribe to... Um, our newsletter, we do have that tax roundup newsletter. I know I have a button. Yeah, if you go to simplefiscal.com, there's a uh, tax roundup. You can sign up up there. And one quick um, thing, what that is, is it's a monthly newsletter. It goes out every last Friday, first thing in the morning, uh, to all of our internal clients for free. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So clients that are with us internally that when you work with me, they get that. And it's a three to five page letter that gets written up every month. And it's updating everybody and trying to explain all the opportunities, all the things that are out there. Some other things that maybe even your account or you might not even know know about. Like, for example, if I know the, the vaccine is very controversial, but if, you know, the COVID vaccine is very controversial. But if you get the vaccine, there are tax credits mm-hmm. that you can get for taking the day off and get the vaccine. Yeah. And the government yeah. will pay you for it. Like, yeah. there's things like there's and it, it's obviously there's a deadline for it. That deadline is very close to now if you're listening to it now it's probably the deadline's probably already passed but like those are things that you have to like you know that i'm looking out for for all of mm-hmm. our clients and if you want to sign up for it, it's a very nominal five i think it's like five dollars a month um surcharge for that and that's basically mm-hmm. just helping pay for the uh the email marketing software that yes use. <laughs> that's true. Um, yeah just to get it out <laughs> just to get it out uh but it's a very nominal thing and uh mm-hmm. you know if you guys want to sign up for it you'll find that there on simplefiscal.com and uh, if you do like it and you do want to sign up for it, uh, we'd love to have you guys as part of that newsletter going out each month. And uh, we're actually going to launch a mid-month uh, email mm-hmm. as well starting next month. So That's anybody that signs up for that newsletter will also get the mid-month email at no additional charge. Mm-hmm. And uh, it'll be more like kind of like changes and updates and content and things that we're pumping out, like conversations yeah. and conversational pieces. Yep. So as we go through the, the back the last three months of the year. So. All right, guys. Well, we're going to get out of here. We really appreciate you guys listening to us and continuing to support the podcast and simplefiscal.com project that we're working on here. Uh, as I've said in the past, you know, we're working on some really cool things to get out the door towards the end of the year here. And we're hoping to get that all done and get squared away for all of you who are listening and supporting us. And whoever signs up to those newsletters or even to the uh, to the tax uh, newsletter goes every every month, uh, we'll get first dibs and some nice big discounts. Uh, from that. So thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you all are well. I hope you have a great rest of your day, great week or a great weekend ahead whenever you're listening to this. And we'll catch you guys next time.